We're in a series called Juicy Fruit, and we're looking this summer at the fruit of the Spirit, such a, a vital component to every believer's life. My title today is The Most Important Thing. The Most Important Thing. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Galatians chapter number 5. Galatians chapter number 5. And we're going to pick up reading in verse 22. This is our key scripture uh, for this series. Galatians 5, verse 22. The scripture says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. The fruit, everybody say fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. The problem with many followers of Christ is that we treat the fruit of the Spirit kind of like shopping at Walmart. And my wife and I, we do a lot of our grocery shopping at, at Walmart and you know, and when you go shopping, you can go down the fruit section and you can decide you're going to buy the apples but leave the oranges behind. As you're going in the fruit section, you can decide that you're going to buy the watermelon and leave the pineapple behind. I just forget about the pineapple, just want the watermelon. And that's how a lot of people treat the, the fruit of the, the, the Spirit. They, they say, well, you know, as I'm looking at the fruit of the Spirit, I, I think I'll take some of that goodness but that self-control, I don't think I need that self-control. You know, I, I, I think I would like to have some of that kindness. That, that may help me at the workplace. So I'll, I'll take some of that kindness, but, but love, uh, forget about that love. I, I think I'll just leave it behind. Matter of fact, some people, here's how they treat the fruit of the Spirit. They, 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 they treat the fruit of the Spirit like this. They don't even want to go by the fruit of the Spirit. It's kind of like some of you don't even go by the fruit section when you're shopping. I know where you like to shop, the Little Debbie section. Amen. I know where, I know where you get your groceries from. And, and they, they say, I don't even want that fruit stuff. I stay out the fruit section. You know what, what I like, Pastor, is I like the gifts of the Spirit. I want some of that power stuff. I mean, I don't even, I don't, you know, that fruit of the Spirit, I ain't asked for mansy pansies, babies. I don't mess with the fruit. I like power. I want to see healings and miracles and the supernatural, and I just leave that fruit behind. But listen to me, as a follower of Christ, you cannot leave the fruit of the Spirit behind. Listen, the fruit is so vital to our lives. If we're going to live in a vibrant, on-fire Christian life for the Lord, the fruit of the Spirit should be very evident in our lives. We cannot leave it behind. Let me tell you why. You can follow along with me in your bulletin, Uh, fill in the blanks here. Point number one is this. This is why you can't leave the fruit of the Spirit behind. Number one, the Holy Spirit's control of your life is measured by the fruit. The Holy Spirit's control of your life is measured by the fruit. Paul doesn't say that the evidence of the Holy Spirit controlling our life is if we cast out demons or heal the sick or walk on water or turn water into wine. And all of those are lovely and phenomenal and good things. But understand that you can cast out a demon. 
You can see a sick person healed and still be separated from God for all of eternity. So, preacher, you sure about that? Absolutely. Matter of fact, there's a very interesting scripture that I'm going to read to you in just a moment. You see, you need to understand because that that the evidence that the Holy Spirit is controlling your life is that the fruit of the Spirit is very evident and vibrant in your life, that your life should be, be exuding the fruit of the Spirit. That's really the key, not the gifts of the Spirit. Here's a very interesting portion of Scripture that I want to draw your attention to. Look with me in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter number 7. Pastor, I'm just not really interested in the fruit. Not that big of a deal for me. You know, I love the Lord, but forget his fruit. Notice what the scripture says, Matthew 7 and verse number 15. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing. Outwardly, they look like sheep. Outwardly, they look like a follower of Christ. But inwardly, the scripture says when you look at the inside, when, you, when, when the inside is revealed, they are ferocious wolves. Notice verse 16. By their fruit, by their what, church? By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles, Jesus says. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit. Jesus says you will know if it's a good tree, not by the pretty leaves, not by the pretty bark, but you're going to know if that's a good fruit tree because it produces good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. You'll know if it's a bad tree, not because it has pretty leaves and not because it has wonderful bark, but you're going to know it's a bad fruit tree because it produces bad fruit. Verse 18, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Verse number 20, thus Jesus said, I said all that. I gave you all of that illustration to say this to you. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Jesus says to the disciples, hey, fellas, hey, hey, guys, just in case you're confused about what I'm saying, just in case you're not real clear about what I'm saying, just in case you, 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 you got the fruit and the gifts mixed up, just in case you don't understand what's, what, what's, what's the most important thing, let me explain it to you a little further. So Jesus goes on to say in verse number 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? We had gifts. We were full of gifts. And in your name, drive out demons. I mean, we even saw demons leave people. And perform many miracles. We saw the supernatural. Surely we're yours, Lord. Verse 23. Then I will tell you plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Jesus said, hey, you missed it. You missed it. You missed the whole crux of what this is about. Verse 20. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. It's very important that you understand that if you do not exhibit the fruit of the Spirit in your life, then you are not controlled by the Holy Spirit. You can dance. You can shout. You can buck. 
You can speak in tongues. You can run. You can heal people. You can cast out demons. You can walk on water. You can turn water into wine. You can even wear a nice, colorful fruit of the spirit tie. You can even have three or four WWJD bracelets. But listen, if the fruit of the spirit is not exuding out of your life, your life is not controlled by the Holy Spirit because the evidence that your life is controlled by God's spirit is the fruit will be flowing out of your life. You will recognize them by their fruit. There's a a second thing that I want you to notice. Number two is this. Love is the foundation. Love is the foundation. When you look at the fruit of the Spirit, love is the foundation. All are important, but love is the foundation. If I invite you over to our home and Tiffany and I extend an invitation to you to eat Kentucky Fried Chicken dinner with us over our house, let me do a quick poll here. How many of you like Kentucky Fried Chicken? Lift your hand. How many of you like Popeye's? Um, I think the Kentucky Fried Chicken folks won it, so I'm going to stick with Kentucky Fried Chicken. All right. So I invite you over for Kentucky Fried Chicken, and you get over to our house, and my wife and I, we... We wouldn't just serve you out of Kentucky Fried Chicken containers, so we put it in nice dishes to make you feel important, you know what I mean? So we have all that Kentucky Fried Chicken in nice dishes, and you sit around the table, and we bless the food. And and we begin to hand around the the dishes to you, and the first dish you get is that wonderful Kentucky Fried Chicken coleslaw. And you dip some, and I put it on your plate, and next thing that comes around is that wonderful Kentucky Fried Chicken mashed potatoes with that brown gravy and you dip it out and put it on your mashed potatoes and we even got three sides for you because we like you so much and we got some okra from Kentucky Fried Chicken and we pass it around and you get the okra out of your dish and, and, and put it on your plate and the best thing of all about Kentucky Fried Chicken are the biscuits. I mean, all those biscuits with extra butter and honey. You better put my honey package in there. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you got your honey package. And, and then last but not least, we pass around the meat tray. And the meat is covered with that aluminum foil. And you open up that meat tray and you look inside and it's cold bologna. You say, hey, Herbert. I thought you invited us over for Kentucky Fried Chicken. I said, I did. I went to Kentucky Fried Chicken, and they were out of chicken. So we eating bologna tonight. But you got all of the Kentucky Fried Chicken sides. You were going to know how in the world can Kentucky Fried Chicken be out of chicken? They can run out of coleslaw, but they can't be out of chicken. I mean, how many know that the only reason Kentucky Fried Chicken is open because of the chicken I mean, Kentucky Fried Chicken would not be in business if all they sold was coleslaw. You don't go buy a Kentucky Fried Chicken for coleslaw. They wouldn't be in business if all, all they had was mashed potatoes and gravies. They, they don't stay in business because of it. it's the chicken that's the foundation. They don't stay in business because of the biscuits and, and, and hot, uh, warm uh, butter and putting hunt. Listen, I can go get biscuits at Jimmy's Egg. Where is my chicken? Because, listen, the key, the foundation to a Kentucky Fried Chicken meal is the chicken. The rest of it's good. It's needed. But the chicken is the foundation of the meal. And it's the same thing with the fruit of the Spirit. All the fruit of the Spirit is necessary. But the foundation of the fruit of the Spirit is 
love. Matter of fact, the Scripture says this just several verses earlier in the same chapter, Galatians chapter 5, where the fruit of the Spirit is listed. If you just jump up a few verses earlier in verse number 13, Paul says, For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love. Everybody say love. But through love be servants of one another. Verse 14, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You can sum up the whole law with one word. You shall love You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Paul says, listen, hey, you can sum it all up with this one word, love. Love your neighbor. Jesus said the exact same thing in Matthew chapter 22, verse number 37 through verse number 39. He was speaking to the crowd. He says, listen, listen, you want to know what the most important commandment is? You want to know what the greatest commandment is? He said, it is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. That is the first and the greatest commandment. And he says, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. He says, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Love is the foundation. Did did, did you notice that when I read the list to you of the fruit of the Spirit, Did you notice what was at the top of the list? Love. Oh, it's not by coincidence. Love is the foundation. Love is the most important thing for a believer to possess. Listen, it is through love that all the other fruits flow out of. Listen, the fruit of the Spirit begins and ends with love. Joy is love rejoicing. Patience is love enduring. Peace is love trusting. Kindness is love serving. Goodness is love extending. Faithfulness is love proving. Gentleness is love restraining self-control is love mastering love is the foundation the fruit of the spirit flows out of love and friends love is a very misunderstood word in our society the word love and the fruit of the spirit is not the word that many are familiar with eros love that's not the word found in the fruit of the spirit Eros love is a romantic, sexual kind of love. It's the kind of love that says, what can I get out of this kind of love? And that's not the word used there in, in the fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's not phileo love where we get our word Philadelphia, the city of Philadelphia. It, it, that word is a brotherly friendship kind of love. It's based on the fact if I like you or not. If I like you, you can be part of my club, my group, my friends. I'll love you if I like you. But but that's not the word used in the fruit of the Spirit. Matter of fact, the word that's used in the fruit of the Spirit, you find it all throughout the New Testament. And it's the word agape. It's the God kind of love. Agape love is an unconditional love. Agape love says, I love you just like you are. I like to call it an in spite of love. 
I love you in spite of who you are, in spite of how I feel, in spite of what you did, in spite of my circumstances, in spite of the color of your skin, in spite of your economic status, in spite of your faults. I love you. And every Christian, every believer, every follower of Christ ought to have love oozing out of their life. Oozing. For the next few moments, I want to give you some practical things, some application today. I want to give you three fruit insights. You got to know this. Don't tune me out here. This is key. This is foundational. Three fruit insights. Number one is this, as we're looking at the fruit of the Spirit, specifically love today. Number one, you need to realize that you are in a daily war. A daily war. Look with me back in Galatians chapter 5. Let's just jump up a few verses earlier in verse number 16. The scripture says this, but I say, walk by the Spirit. In other words, live by the Spirit. You and I are called to be people of the Spirit. And notice what the scripture says. If we walk by the Spirit, you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Now, that's a powerful verse, friends. If you walk in the Spirit, if you live by the Spirit, if you're a person of the Spirit, you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Verse 17 says, For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. Check this out. For these are in opposition to one another. You are in a war. You see, when you give your heart to Christ, when you become a believer, when you place your faith and trust in what Christ did for you on the cross of Calvary, your sins are washed away. And the Scripture clearly says that the Holy Spirit of God comes to take residence inside of you. But just because the Holy Spirit is living inside of you doesn't guarantee that you're going to live an overcoming Christian life because you are in an all-out war. You are in a battle against this thing called the flesh. And unfortunately, there are many, many followers of Christ who are being controlled by their flesh instead of by the Holy Spirit. And Paul goes on to say, so that you may not do the things that you please, verse 18, but if you are led, if you walk, if you live, if you're people of the Spirit, you are not under the law. You say, Pastor, how do I know if I'm living by the flesh? How do I know if I'm being controlled by the flesh? How do I know if I'm being dominated by the flesh? Well, he goes on to say in verse 19, now the deeds of the flesh, in other words, the fruit The fruit that will be evident in your life if you live by the flesh, he says they're evident, they're very obvious, which are immorality. Engaging in sex outside of marriage will be very evident in your life if you're living by the flesh. Impurity, that includes your thought life. You're consumed, your life is consumed with impure thoughts. Sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, that word would also be witchcraft. Enmities, or one translation says hatred. Your life is filled with hatred. You hate people. Boss, co-workers, friends, siblings, neighbors, you, you hate people. It's a fruit of the flesh. Strife, jealousy. You're always jealous of everybody. Always jealous. Just jealous, jealous. What everybody else has, what everybody else possesses, you're, you're jealous. 
It's a fruit of the flesh. Outburst of anger. Your anger is just flying off the handle. Your anger is out of control. It's a fruit of the flesh. Disputes, dissensions, factions, those three just hone in on one thing. Your life is full of chaos. Your relationships are full of chaos. You're always starting something. How many of you know somebody who's always starting something? Don't point. Don't point. Disputes, dissensions, it's a fruit of the flesh. Envying, drunkenness, carousing. One translation says orgies. Another translation says wild parties and things like these. For which of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Listen, you and I are in an all-out war. There's a second thing that you need to notice here. Number two is this. You can't do it yourself. You can't do it yourself. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 says, But the fruit, here's the key, but the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of the flesh, not the fruit of Herbert Cooper, the fruit of the Spirit. See, listen, you can't have the fruit flowing through your life without the Holy Spirit. You can't do it apart from the Spirit. You can't do it on your own. Listen to me today. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit. The Holy Spirit does. You cannot do it on your own. It's impossible. You'll always fail if you do it on your own. You know, Jesus says some radical stuff to you and I, like this. Love your enemies. Huh? I mean, they hurt me. They did me wrong. Love them. They abused me, molested me, talked about me, stepped on me. And you're telling me to love my enemies? I can't do that. That's not even possible. You're right. You can't do it without the help of the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. I mean, our world does not function that way. Our world says, get even, retaliate. And the only way that you can love your enemy is when your life is controlled by the Holy Spirit. You cannot do it on your own. You see, that's why I constantly talk and and preach and and encourage you to, to read your Bible and pray every day. That's why we have a Bible reading calendars out there because it's very important that you're spending time every single day in God's presence. You have to keep yourself in saturated spirit environments, praying and reading your Bible on your own because you want to walk in the Spirit. That's why I highly encourage you, be in church. Listen, I can, I, can, I can guarantee you this. When people get out of church, they can talk about how spiritual they are and how much they're following the Lord and walking in the Spirit. Listen, when you disconnect yourself from the family of God, you will, still, you will start going on a downhill slope. You can't, you, listen, listen, I, you don't have to fool me. I can't fake you out. You can't fake me out. We can't do this on our own. We can't live by the Spirit on our own. We have to keep ourselves in Spirit-saturated environments where we are worshiping and being taught the Word of God. That, that, that's why I highly encourage you to get plugged into a community group. I, I love my community group. 
On Monday nights where I go and I'm encouraged and, and I'm strengthened and, and I'm prayed for it. I, I, I'm able to talk about life, life issues with, with, with other people. Listen, I can't do this on my own. I've got to keep myself in spirit-saturated environments. That's why I encourage you to get plugged into a ministry and, and serve other people. Because, listen, you get in an environment where you're giving out and, and the Lord's using you. You're keeping yourself in spirit-saturated environments because you cannot do this on your own. That's why I encourage you to fill your mind full of things that are pure and that are noble, that are just, that are holy, that are praiseworthy. You know, for myself, I know me. And for me, this is just what I do. I only listen to Christian music. Not all secular music's wrong, not by any means. Now, some of us are the devil. Amen. I mean, I'm going to tell you, some of the stuff y'all listening to is jacking you up. And for me, I, I, I saturate my mind with Christian music and in our home, we've got several channels blocked. I mean, I can barely watch Disney Channel with my kids. I mean, we've got all kinds of stuff blocked because I want to keep my mind saturated with the right things. On my Internet, it's filtered. I mean, I can't go to some stuff and, at all. And if I was to ever get on a site, it's set up that my Internet goes right to one of our staff members and they see the site that I'm visiting. Because, listen, I want to live a life that, that, that's by the Spirit that walks in the Spirit. I can't do this in the flesh. And either you're feeding your flesh or you're feeding your Spirit. You can't do this on your own. You've got to live by the Spirit. Keep yourself in Spirit-saturated environments where the Holy Spirit can control your life, not your flesh. Number three, there's a third thing that I want you to notice today, a third fruit insight. Number three is this. You are recognized as a disciple by love. You are recognized as a disciple by love. Matter of fact, your salvation experience is very questionable if love isn't dominating your life. I'm going to say that again. Your salvation experience is very questionable if love isn't dominating your life. See, well, Pastor, I just hate people. I love God, hate people. Love God, hate people. Love God, hate people. It's hate people, hate my boss, hate, but I love the Lord, but hate people. Well, I just really question if you are really born again. Say, Pastor, where do you get this from? Turn in your Bibles to First John chapter four. First John chapter four. The scripture says this, picking up in verse number seven. Dear friends. Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. You check that out? Whoever does not love does not know God. I promise I'm not reading out of a trick Bible. Your Bible says that. Whoever does not love does not know God. Why? The Scripture says because God is love. There's no way for you to live a Christian life and to hate people. Your heart full of hatred and you hate your boss and your co-workers and your neighbors and your friends. You hate people and you say, I love God. It's just not possible because God is love. Just jump down several verses to verse number 19 in 1 John chapter 4. He goes on to say, we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, 
If I say, if you say, I love the Lord, oh, my life belongs to the Lord. I love him so much, yet hates his brother. He is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. Wow. It's the most important thing. I want to share one more scripture with you. John chapter 13, verse number 35. The scripture says, by this, just one thing, by this one thing. I know you thought it was by all the gifts and by all your talents, by all the power you've got. No, 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 no. By this, all men, I think that's pretty powerful, all men. That's people in church and people outside of church. That's people who know God and people who do not know God. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you love one another. Let me just talk with you for a moment from my heart. It's my prayer. It's my sincere prayer that this church would be known for its love. Before I started this church, I traveled around and spoke in lots of churches. And unfortunately, a lot of churches aren't characterized and known for loving. But I want this church, I want you, I want me to be known as people who love each other. We're not going to always agree. That's goofy force to think we're going to always agree. But surely we can love one another. I want this church to be a church where red, yellow, black, and white can come and sit by one another. The world said that can never happen. No way it could be a diverse church. Black man leading a diverse church. That'll never happen in a million years. Never. A place is saturated with the love of God. I want this church to be known as a church where people who are poor come, who are middle class, who are rich, and they all sit right by one another. And you can't even tell the difference. Because they love one another. I want this church to be known as a church where people who dropped out of junior high can't even read sits right next to a person who has a Ph.D. And they talk and they love and you can't even tell the difference because love is permeating through this church. I want this church to be known with Democrats and Republicans. And some of you, you don't know what you are. That's all right. I want this to be a church where we sit right next to each other. And we love one another. I want this to be a church where we, we don't even always agree on some of the things. I mean, I've seen churches where if you don't believe just like they believe, we don't have nothing to do with you. Oh, no. My denomination is better than yours. Nanny, nanny, boo-boo. Oh, no, we, we missed it. We missed the very heart of God who says listen 
They'll know you're my disciples. They'll know it if you love. If you love one another. That's the most important thing. Lord, thanks for your word.